Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pigskin Pundits on this Wednesday, May 3rd, 2017 NFL Draft Midnight Edition on Block Talk Radio. I am Mark Ferraro, pleased to be joined, as always, by my good buddy, Thomas Murphy, the Murph dog himself. What's up, man? My friend, the NFL Draft Talk continues right now. Oh, of course, man. We can't get enough of the draft. And uh got to say, man, this draft uh, definitely was not without drama. So, yeah, def- to, say it, to say it was boring would be uh, the uh, complete misconception. It was filled with uh, excitement and a lot of drama. The atmosphere was crazy, man. We'll kick it off, obviously, talking with round number one. You know, Goodell comes out. He's getting booed. I even saw a number of time. I think it was an estimated 250,000 fans over the three days in Philly. Truly incredible. I even saw some people compare it to a WWE event. That's how crazy the atmosphere was in Philadelphia. And Tom, early on, of course, no surprise, number one, with the Cleveland Browns selecting Miles Garrett. But then, bang, we get a big surprise at number two, where the Chicago Bears, Tom, moved up one spot to grab their guy, Mitchell Trubinsky, quarterback, UNC. Yeah, you know, um, the bounty that Chicago gave up to move up that spot is probably, um, he is going to be so looked at throughout his career. Because I do remember in 2012, uh, Cleveland moved up one spot to number three, trading with uh, Minnesota so they could draft Trent Richardson. Not a not an omen. Mitch Trubisky has a uh, chance to be better than uh, have a better career than Trent Richardson, but they only gave up a seventh round draft pick for that to move up one spot. Uh, I guess they were so desperate and thought that there were a lot of suitors for that number two spot, and apparently a lot of uh, a lot of uh, reports are saying that that was not the case and that the Niners were not going to take him, but man, that was just a shock when they moved up to number two. I was for sure they were going to take Jamal Adams considering they have Mike Lennon uh, there in Chicago, man, I was just blown away. And I think pretty much everybody watching the draft was too. Now you have to go back, Tom, all the way to our first segment when we broke down picks one through 10, I'm not surprised that Cleveland took a, I mean, that, excuse me, Chicago took a quarterback because in our mock draft, I actually had the Bears take Deshaun Watson at number three because I mentioned to everyone that Mike Glennon, yes, they gave him a big contract, three years, $45 million, but Chicago could get out of that deal after year number one. But I'm just surprised because, Tom, from all indications, the 49ers were not going to take a quarterback. So he would have been there at three. They wouldn't have to trade three additional picks. So, Tom, when it comes down to me on why they moved up one spot, it has to be three ways. Number one, San Francisco was on the phone with a different team that was willing to move up to get Trubinsky, maybe Cleveland. Number two, maybe San Francisco was trying to outsmart Chicago and say, listen, we're going to take Trubinsky when really they weren't going to. Or number three, John Lynch GM, Ryan Pace. Yeah, no, I have to uh, – I think it may have been a combination of all of those three. 
It was, uh, I mean, I just did not see that happening. I was maybe expecting a trade, but then to see Chicago, it just moved up one spot and a position that, I mean, Chicago was, you know, Chicago has so many holes other than a quarterback. And considering that they signed, uh, I mean, despite the option, uh, signed Mike Glenn into this deal for them to, uh, grab a quarterback like Trubisky, who they definitely think is their franchise quarterback. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just absolutely amazed that, you know, it wasn't like they gave up one pick. They gave up three picks, uh, you know, between the third and fourth rounds. I mean, that's a lot. And uh, yeah, so Trubisky has a lot to live up to there. And uh, it also puts the pressure on Mike Glennon too, because you have to think that if he starts to falter, Trubisky is going in there in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, for sure. And and Mike Glennon's like, oh no, here we go again, because it happened with Tampa Bay a few years ago when they had the first pick and they took Jameis Winston. So listen, and Mike Glennon obviously is very disappointed on what took place on Thursday night. But listen, for his sake, just go out there, perform, and do your thing. But think about the weapons for Chicago. I mean, they had a couple guys last year who did pretty well. Eddie Royal, the veteran. We know about Cameron Meredith. He, gave, he came onto the scene. But you would think they would set up Mike Glennon perfectly with all those weapons, Tom. But they lost their number one guy, and now Sean Jeffrey, who's now with the Eagles. Yeah, you know, and uh, I mean, I just have to say uh, probably this pick and just the way uh, Chicago's offense is going to be looking at, uh, I think Jordan Howard probably uh, raised his draft status quite a bit. I think they're going to be relying a lot on him. Uh, It's another weapon, uh, you know, by one of the top five leading rushers in the NFL last year. Um, Yeah, just a – just a shocking pick all around. And yeah, just, uh, you just like overall, you know, we'll, we'll probably, uh, address it later, but man, the bears just, uh, they kind of used this draft as if they were the new England Patriots and had like all of this room to deal with. They, this team has so many holes, uh, the secondary, uh, a lot of the defense, the offensive line, pretty much everything. And they, like risk this. And then in the second round, they take a very project uh, tight end to add as a weapon to, you know, a guy, Adam Shaheen from Ashland university that's in Ohio. If uh, our listeners have no idea. Um, it's just, just a completely bizarre draft for a team that just looks on like, they just look like they're going to be bad for a while. And they did not do anything to really, uh, you know, solidify the team they have now. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And as you mentioned before, so many people thought that Chicago, like yourself, was going to go defense at number three. Stay there, take Adams, take whoever, get pieces on that defense. But, of course, that was not the case. They took Turbinski, so we'll see, obviously, how that plays out. And that's something, one of the big storylines that we're going to follow during the regular season, especially all the training camp reps and seeing how Mike Lynn does in preseason and this and that. It's going to be very fascinating with the state of the Chicago Bears. But again, the San Francisco, what a deal. You mentioned it, Tom, three additional draft picks to move back one spot and realistically still get their guy, Solomon Thomas, at three. And then as we both correctly predicted, Leonard Fournette, goes to Jacksonville with pick number four. Ah, uh, yes. And, uh, 
I, it should be known that I, in the wrong slot, I did pick Solomon Thomas to go to the Niners. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Niners really, uh, really did themselves a favor in this draft. I mean, of course, uh, you have to think San Francisco's probably going to be on the lower end of, uh, teams next year. You know, they have Brian Hoyer, but I think they know, uh, this was not the year to grab their quarterback for the future, probably waiting for next year. And, uh, Yeah, it's um, yeah, just seems like they really uh, San Francisco just completely hit the nail on the head. Got the guy they probably wanted at number two anyway, and Solomon Thomas, and then yeah, Leonard Fournette. I mean, at that point, was probably just a no-brainer. Unless, uh, and I was surprised, a lot of people were thinking Jacksonville might go with a quarterback, but they uh, opted not to, and they went for the uh, running back that uh, a lot of teams had their eye on. Oh, yeah, Fournette. I mean, we know what his his tape was, his highlight reel at LSU. The guy was a stud. He's going to be a nice find in that offense for Jacksonville, who, oh, by the way, did pick up the option on Blake Bortles. He's going to make $20 million this year, but he better put up. This is a big year for him because you got a new regime in Jacksonville with Doug Marone as a head coach. Obviously, Tom Coughlin's involved, so he better step up his play ASAP. Otherwise, they might be looking for a new quarterback next season. Now, one thing that was a big surprise, Tom, obviously we talked about Trubinsky, but how about three wide receivers were taken in the top ten, starting at number seven with the Chargers selecting Mike Williams out of Clemson. Obviously, they're looking for more pieces for Phillip Rivers, who can you imagine, Tom, is going to turn 36 in December. Yes, he's getting old, and this is their last chance for the Chargers. Not to think that they're going to go anywhere this year, but they wanted a big-time weapon in this offense because one guy, unfortunately, Tom, he's very talented, but they can't trust, and that's Keenan Allen. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, Keenan Allen has been an injury uh, concern uh, like most of his career. And one thing uh, you almost have to consider an absolute win for the Chargers is after the pick was made, it was pretty much apparent that uh, – uh, the Chargers had him on their sights the whole time, you know, and he wasn't, he was off, he was mocked quite a bit to the uh, Chargers, but not as unanimous as another pick we'll get to later. Uh, you know, so, you know, a lot of people thought secondary with uh, the Chargers, but no, I think they had their sights set on uh, Mike Williams, even over Corey Davis, who was taken fifth overall. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, early indications say that, uh, yeah, that was a huge win for the uh, Chargers getting Mike Williams. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, as we know, Mike Williams uh, is a very common name in the NFL over the past uh, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have been drafted in the first round. And, yeah, Mike Williams uh, for the from Clemson may have the opportunity to be the uh, one who actually breaks that first-round bust. And then, Tom, how about when we get to pick number nine, the Bengals taking your boy, John Ross. Oh my gosh. I was, uh, I was so shocked by that. You know, I absolutely love John Ross and, uh, for uh, just in general, for him to be the third uh, wide receiver taken off the board, which we expected. But at number nine, I was even curious if a wide receiver would be taken first before the top 10. I thought maybe that was like, uh, going to be like last year where they started to fall, but no, they went very, very high. And, uh, man, just, uh, 
just think of, I mean, the Bengals, they had a disappointing year last year, but now to add with A.J. Green, they have John Ross. That could be a very, uh, if you want to, yeah, if you want to see a team that could really improve themselves offensively next year, the Bengals may actually make a huge, huge splash with that uh, receiver duo. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, and listen, don't forget even last year they took a receiver early on the draft as well out of Pittsburgh, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I didn't hear his name too much last year, but uh, yeah, that's uh, you know, with uh, again with uh, some holes that uh, the Bengals had, you know, on defense. That was uh, it was a surprising pick, but you know, probably they saw what I saw. That John Ross, I think he has potential to be a Odell Beckham type without the uh, drama, which is a huge thing. Could you imagine Odell Beckham on any team without the drama? Who would not take that? Oh, of course, obviously, for sure. And Tom, don't worry. We're going to get to that big trade that occurred at number 10 in a little bit, but let's move on to pick number 12. And Tom, I nailed this one. I told you, now I, I picked the wrong quarterback, but I was right that the Houston Texans moved up 13 spots in the draft at number 12, made that trade with the Browns. The Browns moved back, and the Texans took their franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson. In our mock draft, I said Patrick Mahomes, but overall, I was right with the trade. You definitely were, and uh, I remember us talking about how crazy would a team be to move up 13 spots in the draft. And uh, yeah, they were not the, uh, they weren't the biggest movers of the draft for sure. But uh, yeah, no, that was a pretty, uh, pretty wild trade. And also you have to, uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, of course, he had probably huge issues with being the, uh, being the third quarterback taken off the board, considering he thought he thought he should have been the first, but uh, man, you just have to think as a, uh, if Deshaun Watson is as great and as NFL ready as he thinks he as he thinks he is this is about the perfect spot that he could go I mean he's going to a team that made the playoffs last year with the uh the biggest question for them was uh the quarterback and they were able to make it with Brock Osweiler who was considered a joke even though he still made the playoffs Mm -hmm. and now Deshaun Watson gets to take over that team it's a perfect situation for him if uh you know he's He's probably going to be out of the three quarterbacks taken, the first one to start. And, uh, yeah, the pieces are around him. He can really do some damage there. Now, as far as quarterbacks, Tom, this is a little fun, who were upset about the certain draft picks of the three teams that took a quarterback in the swap 12. I would say Glennon, obviously, is number one, Alex Smith, number two, and number three, Tom Savage, because in his case, he shouldn't be surprised that the Texans fit an early pick on a quarterback. Probably the third, but he probably had to be expecting that. I mean, I think all indications showed that. And, uh, we know now it's up to Tom Savage to actually, uh, you know, show that he can take over this team, but I never considered uh, Tom Savage a reliable, uh, option to really overtake this team. You knew the Texans were going to make a move or at least stay put and even maybe reach for a uh, quarterback if they stayed at uh, number 25. But uh, yeah, no, just, uh, you know, very, uh, very, very bold move. And I think, uh, you know, I said it before the draft, I think Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback available in this draft and they ended up getting him. And uh, yeah, I actually would, uh, 
there's a couple names I have for potential offensive rookies, rookies of the year. And I may have to put Deshaun Watson up there because I do think he will take over this team sooner than the other two. Again, you're listening to the Pigskin Pundits on Block Talk Radio. I'm Mark Ferraro. He's Thomas Murphy. And we're reviewing the first round of the 2017 NFL Draft. But, Tom, I totally agree with you there. Deshaun Watson, I think he'll start day one for the Texans. I mean, at this point, you might as well throw him out there, throw him out in the fire, see what he can do. And, yeah, he'll definitely be up there with a couple of guys in terms of offensive rookie of the year. I'll mention someone a little bit when we get to round number two. So there's a little hint there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I want to get he's Probably to, on my list, too. I, 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 I think I know where he's going, Tom. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But I think we, we might be sharing the same brain on that one. But I'll, I'll tell you something, Tom. I was very, very surprised that my guy, even though I, I'm not upset because obviously that we'll get to the – Jamal Adams pick, but one guy who fell, and that was O.J. Howard, who ended up going to the Buccaneers at pick number 19. Just think about for a second that Buccaneers offense with Jameis Winston, a healthy Doug Martin, Deshaun Jackson, Vincent Jackson, Mike Evans. Now you add O.J. Howard's name to that list. Oh, boy, Jameis Winston's pretty happy in Tampa Bay, but I'm surprised because when his name was falling, Tom, I thought that was a perfect opportunity for the Giants to trade up and snag him. Now, it didn't matter in a sense because they took Evan Ingram anyway at pick 23, but I was surprised. I thought the Giants were going to make a big play for Howard. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a perfect first pick for them, too. And and when O.J. Howard's name was called by Tampa Bay, I was like, that almost seals it up. I've been considering uh, taking Tampa Bay as my NFC champion for the year. And, uh, you know, they made some strides last year. They just barely, barely missed the playoffs as their uh, 19th uh, pick in the NFL draft kind of showed, but uh, you know, their defense made some strides last year. And of course, I mean, Winston, I mean, the talent is there Uh, running back is still, still a little bit of an issue, but man, grabbing OJ Howard, that was just a, how he fell into their lap is just absolutely beyond me. He just seemed like a, uh, you know, top 10 pick. If not, like, he seemed like the type that, uh, that a team would move up for you, like the Giants or any other team. And for him to fall in, uh, I, I almost have to think Tampa Bay was not even considering O.J. Howard an option at 19. And when he was there, it was just probably like a done deal. Oh, yeah, there's no way. I never thought, and we both had Howard go into your bills when we did the mock draft segment a couple of weeks ago. We thought he was going to go number 10, the way everyone's talking. So I'm not sure the real reason why he fell. Maybe some teams didn't, just didn't want to take a tight end that high. I'm not sure. But listen, it doesn't matter. If you're Tampa Bay, you snag them there. You add another piece to that offense for Jameis Winston, and everything should be looking good for Tampa Bay in 2017. No question about it. A couple other things in the first round I want to talk about. How about the Cleveland Browns? The first three picks, Tom, we talked about Miles Garrett. They move back to the 25th pick. They get Jabril, Jabril Peppers, and then they trade back into the first round at pick 29, which was a guy who fell a tight end in David Njoku. Yeah, a guy I thought for certain, uh, one of the biggest, we can talk about surprises all day. One of the biggest surprises was Evan Engram going to uh, 
the Giants. Granted, Evan Ingram was probably going to be a uh, possibly a late first round, uh, definite early second round pick. Uh, but to take him over Najoku, who actually will uh, not turn, is actually 19 years old at this uh, mo- at this moment. Will turn 20 this summer. Uh, that is just unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, the talent is there. And, you know, everybody wants to pick on the Browns, but the Browns, you have to say, they had a quite a fine draft this year. They did. And how about in the second round? Now, I was right in terms of them taking Deshaun Kaiser. Originally, I thought they were going to take him at 25, but, Tom, they get him in the second round in this year's draft. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I definitely have my issues with Deshaun Kaiser. But you know what? I have been wrong before. You know, I I thought Matt Ryan was going to be a bust, and I thought Joey Harrington in 2002 was going to end up winning three Super Bowls in his career. So that goes to show how much I know about quarterbacks. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Deshaun Kaiser, he could be something. And to get a value like Deshaun Kaiser with your fourth pick in the draft – it was just unbelievable. So, yeah, even if Deshaun Kaiser turns out to uh, not do anything in the NFL to be your fourth pick in that draft, that's fine. It was uh, It's worth the risk. And, yeah, and, you know, if they know he's not going to work out, they're probably going to have a, uh, you know, they're probably, they, they have two picks next year. Yeah, they'll be fine. Oh, yeah, they will. No, they're set up perfectly next year. Obviously, all the quarterbacks that we know are anticipated to come out next year's draft in 2018. Like the Buffalo Bills and the Cleveland Browns, both teams have two first-round picks next year. So that's something that's going to be very fun when we get around that time next year in terms of what those teams will do with their selections. But, Tom, another thing that stood out to me in the first round all the guys who were talked about leading up to the draft, whether it was Bill Peppers or Reuben Foster or even the cornerback that the Oakland Raiders took with their first selection, Gary and Conley, all these guys were talked about negatively, whether it was a failed drug test or in Conley's case, obviously the accusation of rape. But these guys were still taken in the first round, all three of them. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think the one that surprised me most definitely was Conley. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but I think I heard some things came to light right before the draft that made think, you know, made people think that it may not be, uh, you know, as serious a charge as everybody had said, or, uh, you know, I don't want to speculate, but I was surprised. I thought that was going to drop him maybe to day three. But uh, obviously not. And, you know, hey, the Raiders have a history of taking, uh, you know, some risky picks. But, you know, uh, and he actually went before Peppers and shockingly Foster. Foster just kept dropping, dropping down. And you have to say, you know, you mentioned Foster. Uh, The Niners getting him. We talk about getting, uh, you know, getting value with your picks. The 49ers trading back up into the first round to get Foster making him the the second pick of their draft when he could have actually been their second pick overall. The guy is nasty. I mean, regardless of how he is off the field, you watch this guy's tape. He is nasty. Uh, Just getting him with the 31st overall pick. It's uh, man. I think, I think I have to say that the uh, without a doubt, the Niners won the first round of the draft. Oh yeah, man. They're definitely right up there. And considering that one of the draft picks, 
that they used to move up and make that trade with us. They got from Chicago in the trade-up for Mitchell Trubinsky, so it worked out great for them. John Lynch looked like an expert with the trade, getting Solomon Thomas, and then trading back up to get Ruben Foster. Could not have been a better debut for John Lynch. But now, Tom, we get to some things in round number two. And some guys that we had going in the first day obviously dropped a little bit, whether it was Kevin King, the cornerback who went to the Packers, or Cam Robinson going to pick number 34 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I want to know if the same guy you were thinking about, I'm thinking about, in terms of offensive rookie of the year, and that is the running back who is now a member of the Minnesota Vikings, the team that traded up to get that this guy, Dalvin Cook. Oh, yes. You remember uh, I very much had him at number eight before the whole McCaffrey uh the whole McCaffrey uh, craze started going on. Yeah, Dalvin Cook going uh, – when I look at a potential rookie of the years, I look at absolute perfect situation. You know, uh, the Vikings, many people thought of them as a playoff team uh, last year. Didn't uh, – yeah, didn't get there. They were middle of the road. Uh, but, man, Dalvin Cook, a first-round talent going to the Vikings, a team that's uh, – you know, prime. You know, still primed and thinks that they can make a playoff, make the playoffs. Man, that was just a perfect pick. As soon as they took him, I was like, "Yep, that is a, uh, that's exactly how you replace Adrian Peterson and you replace the other, uh, you know, the other uh, people they had in the uh, backfield: McKinnon, Asiata, Gerhardt, who were just. Uh, oh, I know Gerhardt's on now on the uh, Jaguars, but no, just. Uh, no, just an absolute great pick. He's going to be uh, their starter day one. And, yeah, he's a very, very early candidate for uh, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and you know what? In this offseason, they also signed former Raiders running back Latavius Murray. So that's a great one to punch to have in Minnesota, obviously with the quarterback situation with Sam Bradford moving forward and a team that started off great last season, but everything fell apart. Their defense is very good under Mike Zimmer. So that team's going to be fun to watch. Obviously, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook fell for many reasons, you know, whether it was the combine or interviews or whatever. But to get a guy in round two, when people thought he was easily, easily uh, first-round talent, obviously made out well for Minnesota. Listen, some of these teams, you just have to take a chance on these guys, and hopefully they blossom. And obviously, for Minnesota's case, they're hoping uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously, is a home-run pick. For them now, Tom. Everyone at Bills Mafia, they're not they're not in bed just quite yet because they wanted to know what your opinion was of the Buffalo Bills draft this season. And of course, you have to be thrilled about the draft picks that you got from the Kansas City Chiefs. You mentioned it before, who moved up 17 spots. Now I know you had to wait a little longer on Thursday night for that pick to occur but to get a first-round pick in next year's draft so that the Chiefs could get Patrick Mahomes, it had to work out for you. And obviously at pick 27, you get Jamal Adams' teammate, Tredavious White. And one thing you have to like about this guy, Tom, as a four-year starter as a Tiger. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, man, you know, once uh... – I mean, we were talking about this. Uh, we haven't gone to the Jets right uh, just yet, but uh, I do have to mention Jamal Adams. When uh, Jamal Adams went off the board, there was pretty much uh, no player that I 
desperately wanted at number 10. So I was really hoping we would trade down. Trading down to 27 was a like definitely a shock to me. I heard the rumors and the rumblings that we had a trade partner, but I was thinking it was maybe like, oh, maybe an 18, 19. But uh, then to find out it was the Chiefs, as soon as I heard it was the Chiefs, I was like, oh, my gosh, they have to be giving us a bounty. And it was a third-round pick uh, later that we ended up trading. But uh, the next year's pick, uh, which, I mean, Kansas City, they're probably not going to be drafting in the top 10 next year. Uh, you know, who knows how they're going to do. But, yeah, they're probably looking at, like, a high teens pick. But uh, just uh, for what we needed, I uh, thought it was a great move. And also to get a guy like Tredavious White, uh, definitely not a – what everyone says, he's not a flashy guy, but he's about as most uh, – about as solid as a defensive back as you could draft. Uh, and also, you know me, I'm a huge character guy, and this guy is a uh, he's a star student at LSU, uh, just – just seems like a great all-around person. I'm so happy to have him in Buffalo. Zardi uh, made a lot of friends in Buffalo, going to Tim Hortons for donuts, signing autographs for kids like within 24 hours of that. And uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's a guy I want to root for, and I welcome him uh, fully to Buffalo. Yeah, man, the stats stand out. As when you read about him, this guy, like I mentioned, a four-year starter, 47 starts. He had 34 pass breakups. He can also return kicks as well. You could put him in the slot. You could put him on the outside. This guy can do it all. And the fact that you were able to move back, the guys that you wanted were not there. You get more draft picks. You still get a guy who is very talented. As you said, I read the same things as you. Not a flashy player, but a solid contributor. Should do very well in the AFC East. And this was a big area of need for you guys considering you lost Stephon Gilmore in the same division to the Patriots. But then, Tom, when you get to pick number two in the second round, you guys moved up to get a guy who I could not believe when I saw his numbers as the senior for the Pirates of East Carolina, and that is the wide receiver, Zay Jones. Oh, man, I was jumping through the roof when I saw that pick. It was uh... – just absolutely perfect. I watched this guy's tape two months ago. Uh, he's definitely a star. Uh, you know, I mean, his his numbers uh, speak for themselves. He's the all-time leading receptions leader in NCAA history. A hundred, 156 catches last year. That may be more of a testament to East Carolina's offense. But, yeah, just um, a great pick. Another guy who can return kicks. But, uh, yeah, I almost look at this guy definitely lining up week one uh, against uh, opposite Sammy Watkins, who hopefully will be playing week one. You know, but, man, that's just a combo. And also just for the future, Zay Jones, without a doubt, was uh, my fourth fourth highest rated wide receiver. And uh, we definitely had to move up to get him too so moving up those moving up those eight spots to get him was definitely worth it and I was absolutely thrilled I think it was one of the going to be one of the greatest moves I think he's going to be a uh, I think he's going to be a real uh, treasure in the NFL well listen he's got some NFL DNA in his family we don't forget about his father right linebacker Robert Jones three-time Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys and how about the fact that his uncle was ex-quarterback 
just Blake, but Tom, you hit the nail right on the head when you were describing Zay Jones. You mentioned the key word, future. As we learned today, the Bills will not pick up the option with Sammy Watkins next season, so he'll be a free agent. Yeah, and you know, I've had mixed emotions about that. Uh, I mean, when Sammy Watkins is on the field, he's definitely one of the, in my opinion, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But the foot issues, I mean, and still not healed. Uh, yeah, we just, we definitely need to take care of ourselves here. And I mean, Sammy Watkins, I'm, as a superstitious guy, I'm thinking maybe that we didn't pick up the option on him. He's going to play 16 games, have 1,600 yards. And uh, yeah, then we'll be scrambling to try and, uh, you know, sign him after that. But I mean, it's, man, he played eight games last year. I mean, the foot is always an issue. It has been an issue his rookie year where he played 16 games, but barely played some games. And yeah, it's just, uh, you can't just invest that much in a guy who has those kind of, those kind of injury issues. And yeah, we just, uh, with, with the depth we have on a wide receiver with, uh, behind him. Now we have Andre Holmes from the Raiders, who's good. Uh, Philly Brown from Carolina is good, but none of those guys are number twos. We got a solid number two in Zay Jones, at least for now. And uh, yeah, probably looking at him as our wide receiver of the future. Yeah. What can you tell us about the other draft picks that were made by your Buffalo Bills later on in the draft? Obviously you took a couple linebackers, a developmental quarterback. And then also in the second round, you took a guy, Tom, who could easily start for you guys this year on that offensive line, especially right tackle, Deion Dawkins from Temple. Oh, yeah, that was another, uh, you know, surprise move. You know, I had gotten home, and as soon as I got home, I saw that the Bills had traded back into the first round or back into the second round, and I was like, oh, my gosh, are we going to reach for a quarterback here? What are we going to do, Davis Webb? And I was so nervous, and then we took Deion Dawkins, a guy I didn't know much about, but, um, you know, I had seen him on – I'd seen him in mock drafts going in like the high first rounds, uh, second round. And a lot of the pundits are saying they are very shocked that Deion Dawkins slipped all the way to number 63. So, I mean, obviously, uh, obviously the bills, uh, you know, saw something in him they liked, uh, and yeah, he could probably step in right away and be our right tackle. Cause our other four are very solid. I mean, uh, John Miller's solid. And then the other three are, Pro Bowl caliber. So we may actually, that was a great move. And you also have to notice as soon as the bills traded up for, uh, traded up for Deion Dawkins, there was a huge, huge run on offensive linemen in the draft. No, there was obviously for sure. But as you said, and as we have documented so many times on this program, when we were talking about the Buffalo bills, they needed more help on that offensive line, especially on that right side. So if this guy could plug in right away, you see what he does in training camp, he'll get the reps. You never know. Maybe early on this guy can be a day one starter. So obviously we'll see, Tom. We're going to follow this progression of this Deion Dawkins, right? We're going to see how this guy plays, and I would not be surprised whatsoever, Tom, if this guy starts right away for your Buffalo Bills. Oh, absolutely. And also because uh... – I mean, and poor Jordan Mills, who was a right tackle. We actually did, 
where he signed him to a very uh, modest contract. But he was just a disaster for us last year. The other four were so solid, and he was Jordan Mills was a liability. So I mean, even if Deion Dawkins is you know not that great, he could probably uh, just as a testament to how bad Jordan Mills was, he could probably plug in week one right tackle, uh, even being untested. All right, Tom, we have to get to the New York Jets, who have picked number six. It happened a couple of years ago. They were very fortunate when Leonard Williams fell in their laps. And once again, it happened in 2017 because the way the draft broke early on, obviously with that Trubinsky trade and the Titans selecting Corey Davis with that fifth, fifth overall selection, pretty much for the Jets at pick number six, in my opinion, it was going to be either Jamal Adams or O.J. Howard. And of course, as everyone knows, I wanted O.J. Howard before the draft. But, Tom, when Jamal Adams fell to them at six, they could not pass up this guy because when everyone talks Tom, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I'm here. Okay, so, yeah, Jamal Adams. Him going to six at the Jets, they had to do this. They couldn't pass up the opportunity not to take him at that spot. Oh, yeah. No, it was a no-brainer. And, I mean, of course, uh, not that we would be ruining the suspense for our listeners. Uh, I was just forced to mention Jamal Adams' name so many times earlier in the program because he was, uh, in my opinion, I mean, even maybe more so than Garrett, I felt he was the best player available in this draft. I've compared him to Eric Berry, which, you know, is no small feat because uh, Eric Berry is perhaps the best safety in the NFL right now. And Jamal Adams just looks like a clone of him. And, oh, my God, you have to realize I was so hoping you guys were going to reach for Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes just so – just to give the Bills that possibility to draft uh, Jamal Adams. And once, and once Jamal Adams was off the board, I mean, I know there was O.J. Howard still available. I just I, I wanted us to trade down because I just knew it was like, yeah, we need, we need to get value from this, and Jamal Adams was pretty much all I wanted uh, at that spot. Well, listen, their secondary last year was so awful, and they need all the guys they can get, which leads me to their second-round selection. And at first, I was a little surprised that they went to another safety, Marcus May, out of Florida. But this tells you all you need to know about Calvin Pryor. Obviously, the Jets are trying to trade him. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to, but like the Bills did with Sammy Watkins, they will not pick up his option, so he'll be a free agent next season. He won't be on the team at all. Jets are hoping, Tom, for the near future and for many years to come, they can have a very strong one-two punch in their secondary with not only Adams but with Marcus May, another SEC guy out of Florida. Yeah, I was very, I was very shocked with that selection considering all of the ways that the Jets could have gone. Uh, you know, they could have gone receiver, uh, running back, maybe Alvin Kamara was uh, still available. Uh, you know, offensive line. Uh, but man, yeah, to take a second safety, I was definitely shocked, and especially uh, that high. But you know, I think it just shows that the uh, you know the Jets are definitely looking for the future. And man, you know, if um, 
Marcus May turns out to be a, uh, you know, half the player that I think Jamal Adams is going to be, it's going to turn out to be a solid pick. Yeah, listen, that's all you have to hope for, because whether we talk about the Jets and whether or not they should have taken a second safety or the Bears, Mitchell Trubinsky, why did they trade up this, this and that, it's going to come production on the field. Because if Trubinsky ends up being a franchise quarterback and helps the Bears win multiple championships, we're going to laugh at the fact that the Bears trade up one spot and say, listen, it worked out for them. So, listen, you don't know until these guys actually perform on the field. But, Tom, when we get to the Jets' other three selections after the first two, it was offense, offense, offense. They took two wide receivers back-to-back. Obviously, we first look at the guy from Alabama, Ardarius Stewart, and then the, the California receiver, Mr. Webb's best friend, Chad Hansen. And the reason why the Jets took those two guys is because their second-round selection from a few years ago, Devin Smith, torn ACL, out for the season. He can't catch a break. So what do the Jets do? They add these two pieces to their already young receiving core with Gang Green. Oh, yeah, no, very uh, solid move. And, yeah, such a such a shame for uh, Devin Smith. I mean, he was such a highly touted uh, pick. Uh, you know, two years ago, and yeah, and with the uh, you know, with the losses of like Brandon Marshall, and uh, yeah, just just to add those two, yeah, very solid, and um, yeah, I mean, I have to think, you know, maybe the Jets are maybe looking to 2018 for a quarterback, but who knows, maybe they can actually, uh, you know, maybe they could actually uh, produce this year with uh, McCown or Petty, and you know, you actually. You really uh, added some pieces there, so yeah, it's uh, seems like a very uh, solid draft for the uh, Jets moving forward. And we can't forget about Christian Hackenberg too, Tom, as well, because obviously this is the year to find out if he can show you anything. If not, then of course we'll look ahead to 2018. But Tom, before we before we have to say goodbye, of course the pick that I love the most, and I don't care if it was the fifth round. Finally, they took a tight end. It took them forever to get one. I'm just hoping this guy does not end up as the next Jason Morrow, so I'm knocking on wood as I speak. And that's the tight end out of Clemson, Jordan Leggett. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He's not a Jason Morrow because you took him in the fifth round, so it's not a high-risk pick. You know, that's Ah, how I always think, you know. I always think of, uh, you know, all day three picks, you can just pretty much consider them just a wash. You know, every now and then you'll, uh, you'll hit on one. But, you know, grabbing a tight end like Jordan Leggett, who obviously was, uh, you know, very productive there at uh, Clemson, uh, you know, absolute great move. You know, in the first two days, you have to you, – I think you have to grab players that you really, really need and that can actually fill a hole. And in day five – you just kind of go for whoever you think could maybe contribute or a player who could turn out to be a star. It's it, day five is just such a crapshoot. You know, you, you know, rewinding back to our pick of Nathan Peterman. I mean, it was a great value at in day five, but I don't even know if Nathan Peter Peterman is ever going to see the field as a Buffalo bill. It's just, uh, yeah, you, you draft these guys and just hope for the best. And, you know, maybe you'll get an Antonio Brown. Maybe you'll get a uh, Tom Brady. Uh, you just never know. 
Well, Tom, my man, as always, man, that expression, time flies when you're having fun, man, it happened tonight, man. This show flew by. But, my man, as always, thank you for joining me on the program, tying a bow on the NFL draft. We talked about it for the last few weeks. Actually, I think it was over a month with our segment, the mock drafts, the previewing, the recap. It was fun, as always, my man. Thank you for joining me at midnight. And definitely get some rest and have a great day tomorrow, okay? Hey, you as well, man. And, uh, yeah, week one is going to be here sooner than we think. That's right. And, again, Jets versus the Bills. We have it on my calendar. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your week. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mark F. Ferraro. Murphy is at MurphyTB. Thanks for listening to the program. You don't know how much we appreciate it every single week. And as always, don't forget to tune in next time to the Pigskin Pundits with your hosts Mark Ferraro and Thomas Murphy only on Block Talk Radio.